Hi, you all. It's Charlie Peck here. I just want to address something that I keep hearing over and over again. Are teachers complaining too much? Well, they do have a lot to complain about. They really do right now. So that's up to you to judge whether it's too much or not. But I will say they're telling us the same thing. They're feeling overloaded. They're feeling overworked. They don't feel valued. They don't feel important. Now, that's generalizing because there's a lot of teachers uh, who feel like their work is really important. But I think in the education system right now, they're feeling generally undervalued. And what's the best way that we can help them with that? Well, the answer simply can be pay them more. I know there's a systemic problem with how we're paying teachers, at least in the United States. And how we compensate people for the work they do tells how much they are worth. So if they're working hard and they have a very important role, like a very responsible role in, you know, the future of our children and how our society is going to behave and function because of how we're raising kids, uh, if they're not getting paid very well, then they're not going to feel very motivated, right? Especially, excuse me, especially if they're doing a lot of work already and they don't feel like they can take on any more, but there is more put on them. So we're hearing so much about teachers that don't feel heard or supported by their leaders, but we're on the other side of that working with leaders. We're like, listen, they actually do care. Your leaders do care about you. They want to support you, but there is a disconnect somewhere. So here's where we keep hearing the disconnect is what you're trying to do for them from their perspective is not what they need. And so we've mentioned this example before, and I'm going to mention it again. We worked with an elementary school principal. She was actually a vice principal. And she said that she ordered a bunch of pencils for her for elementary staff because they were always complaining that their kids, their students were losing their pencils. So she wanted to help them out and get everybody pencils. Well, we know that's not really an equitable approach because not everyone has that same need. Not everyone needed those pencils. They already spent their own money on them. A lot of them did. Some were appreciative, but not all of them. And so if we don't ask teachers what they need and then try to help them get that, they're not going to want to work as hard because they just don't feel heard. And it is very simple, actually. Even if you can't meet the needs of people, when you validate what they want or what they've said they need, Oh my goodness. It's actually very powerful. It happened to me even just today when I was frustrated about something and the person I was frustrated with, they validated that what they did frustrated me. And I had been holding on to that for actually a few days, but the fact that they said, I, I understand you're frustrated and I know why it's because I did this. That actually relieved me so much. It was so simple, so dumb, but it really did matter to me enough to where I shifted how I felt about them right in that very moment. So just imagine what that would be like for you if you're working with a huge staff or even a small staff and you say, listen, genuinely, I really want to help you out. Please tell me what it is that you need. I'm going to try to help you get what you need. But sometimes I have constraints too. So let's work together and figure this out. And if I can't get you what you need now, what, what is it that we can do in the meantime? Like, that's so powerful. How long did it take me to say that? What, under 15 seconds? It really is powerful. So let's think of, of how we can start valuing other people around us. And that's even in our personal lives, but we're really struggling in education. And the question is, are teachers complaining too much? Well, yeah, they are complaining, but again, they do have a lot to complain about. So the other piece to this is teachers are worried about their safety. We had a discussion about this last night on Clubhouse about 
safety in our schools. And there were a lot of people who chimed in. It was actually a great room. There were a ton of people in there and people are concerned. And one teacher said, listen, we've, we've got to equip educators with the tools to respond to kids so that they don't become violent in our classrooms and in our space. And absolutely. Right. And then other people chimed in and they said, well, we have problems with gun control in our country and in our schools. Absolutely. So what do we do in the immediate times? Well, we've got to get more metal detectors. We've got to arm teachers or whatever. I Those are political issues. I don't get into the politics. Mental health is not political to me. Mental health is not religious to me, right? We don't. I don't talk about those two things. What I will say is we do have to put some things into place to make people feel safe. And that is something that we have to at least, again, ask for what what it is that people need that will make them feel safe. And if they don't feel safe, they're just not going to function well. Just like our kids, our kids are not going to function well unless they feel safe in their their environment, right? And so that's what we've been doing in education to try to solve these problems is try to equip kids with resiliency skills and skills to function better, but we're not equipping the adults. And so we put kids through these SEL classes, which SEL is so important. Of course it is. And there's tons of evidence. We've known that for 30 years that SEL skills are really important. But the way that we're putting it out there is we're just putting it on the kids. We're just expecting kids to be equipped, but we're not equipping adults, including parents and caregivers and anybody in our kids' lives who are adults and are supposed to work alongside them. And so we throw those kids right back into those stressful environments with burned out teachers and stressed out parents, and we're expecting kids to function well. So it just doesn't make any sense. And their behaviors are showing up, telling us a message every day. That's why their behaviors are there. It doesn't show up out of nowhere. There's a pathway to behavior. You can always go back and link it to something or someone. And so we won't be able to always do that as teachers in that moment. That's not our jobs to do that. But if we're better equipped um, in any role in education, as an educator, no matter which role you're in right now, when you have the tools, then there's there's a better way to respond instead of being a part of this reactivity that we're in. We're constantly putting out fires and you know, your school counselors and your school social workers are constantly putting out fires and they can't do the job. I mean, they look at their caseloads. They cannot solve this problem on their own. This is of course a systemic issue. And so we've got plenty of people in place, already rock stars, already passionate people, already really well intentioned people. And those are your teachers and those are your support staff. They're already in your buildings. They stuck it out. They're there. Even if they feel like they want to step out, what they're telling us, 93% of them say that they are concerned about student mental health and wellness. But those same people, 93% of them say that they feel ill-equipped. And because they feel ill-equipped, they don't feel confident to respond. So when we don't feel confident or we don't know what to do, what do we actually do? We do nothing. Or... We keep going back to the same things. We use punitive measurement uh, measures. We try to go back and start punishing. We assert our authority. That doesn't always work, right? That doesn't work. Not in the way that we're doing it, right? We're allowed to have authority, but how we're doing it's just not working. Again, we're still in a we're in a crisis right now, so we, we just clearly know that what we've been doing is just not working. So we need to change what we've been doing, at least alter what we're doing. So the key is, is we've got to do something that is going to infuse skills into the daily teaching practice so that there's no overhauls. There's nothing 
brand new, put on teachers or support staff or leaders, by the way, on you. It's something that's got to infuse into daily practice like it's meant to do, but in a way that we can reflexively do. And we don't have to you know, reference some big binder that's going to sit up on the shelf and collect dust later. We're not going to be able to go do that. We're not going to have time to go and reference anything when we're in the moment of either chaos or ensuing chaos or something that's about to happen. So we have to be trained to reflexively have the tools to respond effectively. And so that's what, that's what we're trying to do. And, and I know that it's possible. It's totally possible to do. We just have to you know, communicate and, and figure out together as a country um, how we're going to roll that out on, like on a wide scale. And so when we work with the districts, that's one district at a time. That's one at a time. So it's, it is possible. And I'm excited about that. But, um, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard right now trying to, to shift what we've been doing for 30 years. So it's, it's hard to have a new approach, but if that approach is going to relieve your teachers, if that approach is going to relieve the environment for your kids and, and soften it so that they can start thriving and functioning well sooner, if it's going to relieve your school counselors and social workers and school psychologists so that they can actually do the work that they're there in the building to do, then, then why wouldn't we do that? Why wouldn't we do that? And so we have to look out for the safety of staff. We have to try to meet their needs. We have to ask them, what is it that will help you do your job better? What can I do for you that will help you do your job better? And I can tell you, some of those teachers will say, the fact that you're just listening to me right now is really helpful. Try that, test it, see how that goes. Um, I also spoke with Dr. Kathleen Eckerd today, and she has a great book. It's called it's called Transforming Schools with Teacher Appreciation. It's so simple, but they do need that appreciation. So are teachers complaining too much? Maybe, but again, they do have a lot to complain about. And again, if we equip them, that's what they're asking for because they want to be more confident. Even seasoned teachers who've been around for 20 years are telling us, I thought I knew what to do. Things have changed since COVID. I cannot believe the behaviors that are going on in my classroom. I have no idea what to do. What I used to do isn't working or um, everything's just changed and I need to respond differently. So these tools are definitely in place so that that can happen to give immediate relief. Um, there was a video that we found about, and it's, it's really sad actually to watch. There's a teacher who has a classroom of kids and there's a girl around the classroom. You might've seen this throwing things around the classroom. Now she wasn't throwing it necessarily at anybody else. And the teacher was really good about it. the teacher was very calm. The teacher got other kids out of the building and called other adults to come to the classroom. So the teacher did really great things. Um, but how do we prevent something like that from happening? Right? How do we get to a place uh, so that doesn't even show up in our classrooms? We do believe that's possible. I know that's possible. It's not like we're going to completely make it go away, but I do believe we can just shift our culture, our school culture, so that we can receive those kids who are struggling in a, in a way that everybody's looking out for them and not just a couple of people in the building skilled enough to do it. Everybody's skilled. Everybody is skilled enough to receive them and notice when things are showing up, when red flags are there. I think a lot of us kind of innately understand that something might be going on, but if we don't know how to respond to it, 
we're often just going to do nothing. Or again, we're going to try to assort, assert our authority or take punitive measures. And again, we've got things like a restorative practice in place. That is awesome. It is a great program. I love it, but we can't get everybody trained in that. And by the way, at that point, it's too late, just like threat assessments. By the time we're using SEL as a threat assessment um, and using SEL tools, looking at it like, let's identify what's going on and what do we do next with the kid, um, then we've already gotten too far. We need to go way back to a preventative foundation. That's what we need to do. And then we need some immediate relief so that we can start that process. So I'm hopeful about that. I'm going to tell you about Kevin Hines real quick. If you don't know about Kevin Hines, well, he's a guy who jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge and lived to tell about it. And I got the great opportunity to interview him. And what he said to me, the most important part of his story to me was not that when he jumped, he regretted it immediately. It wasn't that part. It was that he said on his way to actually to the, um, to the bridge where he jumped, it was the journey that he took. So it was, it was waiting at the, the bus stop. It was getting on the bus. And it was taking him there. He got off the bus and he still had time to walk to the bridge, to the part where he jumped. And so he said along that way, he said, if there was anybody who would have asked him if he was okay, he would not have jumped. That was the most compelling part to me. He said he was on the bus and he was actually breaking down. He said somebody actually made fun of him for that. Nobody reached out to genuinely see if he was okay. And so... When we don't know what to say in those moments and when we're so uncomfortable and we're we're not sure how to sit in that discomfort, then we don't know what to do. And so we don't do anything or we do something that could be more harmful. And so I'm just calling out to you to just pay a little bit more attention. And I'm going to go back to that same question. You have the resources already in place in your schools right now. You've got rock star teachers there. You've got support staff there. You've got great mental health staff there. Great leaders there. You've got systems already in place that are working well, that you can level up. You've got that in place. You have have parents and guardians who actually want to be better connected to schools, but they just don't know how to be, and they feel left out sometimes. And some of them are louder than others, and some of them are causing problems more than others? Absolutely. So I think, again, when we're working with parents, what we're hearing from them is they're feeling like, again, they're left out or they feel like they're not being heard. I mean, it's simple stuff. You're hearing it. You're, you're not just hearing this from me. You're hearing it. You, this isn't new. We know this. So these are just things that we need to continuously think about and then take action. Like we already know this is there. Let's do something different because whatever you're doing, if we're still in a crisis, if we're still struggling in our schools, which we are, then what we've been doing isn't working and it's time to shift that. It's time to shift, but level up what you already have in place. So are teachers complaining too much? Maybe, but let's listen to them. Let's listen to them. I want you to think differently when you walk into that building and you see a teacher, I want you to ask, what is it that you need to do your job better? And how can I help you get that? All right. That would be really powerful. That's something that I, I hope that you can do immediately. All right. Thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it.